0: This is 15-Minute History, a podcast for educators, students, and history buffs featuring the minds and talents of the University of Texas at Austin. 15-Minute History is a partnership of not even past and hemispheres in the College of Liberal Arts at UT Austin. I'm your host for today, Christopher Rose, with the Center for Middle Eastern Studies, part of Hemispheres. And I'm joined in the studio today by Henry Winsick, who is a doctoral student in the Department of History here at the University of Texas at Austin, and also assistant editor of Not Even Past. Henry specializes in 18th and 19th century American history. Welcome, Henry. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about some of the differing perspectives espoused by the Founding Fathers. Welcome, Henry. Thank you for being with us. Thanks a lot, Chris. So, uh, what are we going to talk about today?
1: Uh, I think that there's a tendency to focus on the more, the better-known founding fathers, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, and they're very important, there's no question, but I think that there are actually a wider variety of people who contributed a great deal to the revolution, who can also teach us a lot about the sort of diverse economic, religious, ideological uh, concerns that went into uh, 1776 and um, our independence with Britain. Awesome. So uh, who are we going to talk about first? Uh, The first person I wanted to talk about was Dr. Benjamin Rush, who was a Philadelphia physician, writer, and educator. He uh, signed the Declaration of Independence. He was a member of the first Continental Congress. He's also uh, well known for, at the end of uh, John Adams' life, reconciling him with Thomas Jefferson, but he's also kind of a, a unique figure. Uh, in, in contrast to some of the other founding fathers that we are familiar with, he had kind of his own concerns. Uh, notably, he was a very strong opponent of slavery, and he was a strong opponent of capital punishment. Interesting. Um, he uh, was a firm believer in enlightenment principles, which lo- loosely defined means that you, are, you believe that humans are naturally inclined towards liberty and that tyranny is an unnatural circumstance. And he believed that both capital punishment and slavery were institutions of tyranny. Um, there's a bit of hypocrisy on his part, though, because in 1776, he did buy a slave in Philadelphia. Um, only three years after he wrote Address to the People of the United States, which was a pamphlet attacking the slave trade, and slavery as incompatible with liberty in uh, the United States.
0: Abolitionism isn't one of those things that we tend to think of for Revolution War era. But um, so I am guess I'm wondering, uh, were there other prominent abolitionists involved? Yes. Um, another
1: figure in the Revolution, Charles Carroll, who was a very wealthy planter from Maryland, had a kind of a unique take on abolitionism. As for a little background on him, he was also a delegate. To the Continental Congress on behalf of Maryland. He eventually became a senator for Maryland, also signed the uh, Declaration of Independence. And uh, he was also, um, he believed in the gradual emancipation of slavery. He, in the, he introduced a, a bill in Maryland that would gradually emancipate slaves. Uh, it didn't pass. But even though he was a tobacco farmer, and owned slaves himself, he believed that slavery should be gradually um, dissolved within the new republic. Um, Again, like Rush, there's maybe a bit of hypocrisy here. He never freed his own slaves, of which he had many, many more than Rush. Uh, So I think here this shows kind of not only uh, the distinct views of abolitionism, but also the distinct regional and economic views. In contrast to Rush, who was in kind of an urban northeastern environment in which slavery was not as prevalent, Carroll was in a region which uh, farmers were heavily
0: invested in
1: slavery and heavily dependent on it.
0: One imagines that Carroll was probably not the most popular person at the city hall meetings because of his abolitionist views. Do we have any idea what may have informed him to think differently than perhaps some of his neighbors and and, uh, co-businessmen?
1: One possible uh, answer to that question is his religion. He was uh, a Catholic, which was very unique in that time in American history. Catholics were generally viewed by the Protestant majority as being very suspicious, as being uh, kind of beholden to the Pope. And they believed that they that Catholics couldn't make good Republicans because they would be uh, so dependent on the authority of the Pope rather than a, a democratically elected government. Which um, which brings up kind of an interesting uh, subtopic to what we're discussing here is religion. Um, it, it's not discussed a whole lot, I think, in, the, uh, in our narrative of the revolution, but there was a variety of religious, mostly Christian beliefs, among people who supported the revolution. Um, Carol was a Catholic, um, uh, but John Witherspoon, who was... Um, the president of the College of New Jersey, which is now Princeton University, is another individual for whom religion played a big role in his revolutionary ideas. He was a Presbyterian minister, which was an evangelical religion that came out of the, the Great Awakening, which was a period of great religious reform in America, that, um, in which religions that were more egalitarian and less hierarchical, were, uh, were formed. He was a follower of uh, Presbyterianism, and at the College of New Jersey, he was very influential in uh, teaching both Aaron Burr and James Madison. Um, he he penned a sermon called "The Dominion of Providence Over the Passions of Men," in which he argues that uh, political liberty and adherence to Christian ideas are very compatible. So for for Witherspoon, uh, notions of Presbyterian Christianity were very important to informing uh, how he viewed liberty and um, justifying his revolutionary
0: attitudes. What other religious attitudes do we see in some of the other delegates?
1: Um, John Peter Muhlenberg, uh, who was from a Pennsylvania Dutch family, uh, was a Lutheran minister. Um, But again, despite this kind of, uh, the distinctions between uh, his beliefs, he, um, he used them again towards uh, the revolutionary ends. Um, on January 21st, uh, 1776, he gave a sermon at a church in Woodstock, Virginia, in which he, um, using citing Christian or biblical doctrine, argued that this was a point in which Americans needed to stand up for justice and liberty. And actually, at the very end of the speech, Uh, tore off his his robe to reveal uh, an officer's uniform and marched out to the front of the church and and enlisted several men on the spot who were uh, in the church. So in this case, religion kind of informs military views. Um, So even though Witherspoon, Muhlenberg, Carroll all had their own particular views of Christianity and and followed unique sects of Christianity... Um, they each used it
0: to inform their revolutionary views in kind of distinct ways. Uh, do we have any senses to their political views or what form the new republic should take?
1: Uh, well, Muhlenberg, uh, after the war, is elected to the first Congress as a Republican representing Pennsylvania, which again, I think, kind of demonstrates the other diversities among these individuals being uh, political diversities. Um, Muhlenberg was Republican. He believed that states should be vested with more power than the, the federal government. He believed that states um, are the best guarant- guarantors of the people and the people's rights. Um, you can contrast that with um, Charles Carroll and also John Jay, who eventually became the first chief justice of the United States. So all three of these individuals were Revolutionaries, but Jay and Carroll were Federalists, and they had uh, a, a very distinct view of the American government. They believed, as Federalists, that it should have a very strong federal government. They distrusted states' power, and they believed that ordinary citizens should be managed uh, within a hierarchical government uh, and be governed by their betters, really, for lack of a better word. Um, Just to say a little bit more about um, John Jay, he was from New York. He, um, again, was a strong Federalist, and he was president of the First Continental Congress. After the war, he was very prominent in international affairs. He was the ambassador to Spain and France and negotiated the Treaty of London, or Jay's Treaty, in 1795, which essentially normalized relations for the time being between Britain and the United States, and really forced Britain to recognize the United States as an established power. And uh, as kind of a a bookend to what we were speaking about at first with Dr. Benjamin Rush, uh, John Jay was also an abolitionist, and the founder and president of the New York Manumission Society.
0: So overall, uh, what do the stories of these people help us to understand about the revolution and revolutionary times, if you will?
1: Um well again I mean this is just a small window of individuals but I think that they show that there really was not one uniform set of beliefs among revolutionary Americans they had distinct religious beliefs they had distinct ideas about slavery um and they really had and they had very different visions about what America could be after independence and also it shows uh, how different regional and economic interests really informs their revolutionary and political ideas.
0: Well, Henry Winsick, thank you for being in the studio with us. Uh, I'm Christopher Rose, and this has been another episode of 15 Minute History. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to have us talk about on an upcoming episode of 15 Minute History, go to our website, blogs.utexas.edu backslash 15 minute history that's one five minute history and click on the contact us link in the right sidebar the opinions and views expressed in today's episode are not representative of the university of texas at austin or any of its constituent bodies and are solely those of the people who spoke them